What's going on, everybody? This is Pastor Josh, and you are listening to another episode of the Preach That Podcast. What is up? I still don't know what to call you guys. Everybody that has a podcast has like a cool name to call their listeners and stuff, and I just call you guys, and 2% of you are women. (laughs) 2% of you on the audio platforms, obviously. There's more than that on YouTube. Um, Thank you guys so much for tuning in again to the Preach That Podcast. This is the much-anticipated, long-awaited episode number 17 featuring my all-time favorite guest, and I haven't even asked her a single question yet, my beautiful wife, Allie. <laughs> I'm going to edit in like some some applause and everything in the background. I act, I'm really excited to do this. This is fun. I'm excited and nervous because I have no idea what you're going to ask me. I did not. She has no idea the questions I'm going to ask her. They're all super easy. I got them right here. I'm looking at them. Nothing's going to stump you. Nothing's going to be crazy or, or out of pocket or anything like that. Um, I think I've got one or two fun questions too, but I, I just like, I love talking to you in the van. So doing it here is going to be a lot of fun. So this is van talk. Maybe, maybe some of it. Okay. The stuff we're allowed to talk about here in front of people. Yeah. But uh, anyways, no, I, I, this is something when Brandon listened to, so the schedule got mixed up a little bit and I had originally said that you were going to be on the last episode mm-hmm. and then obviously Caleb getting sick, all kinds of craziness and that did not happen. But we're here now. So it's, so we picked the day that I ran around all day in the wind. Yes. With a sick kid again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just to prove your natural beauty that you did all of that and you still look gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, now this Brandon, whenever I, he heard, he texted me like me. He's like, is Allie going to be on the podcast? Really? He was all excited. So he's going to be very excited whenever I text him and tell him that we finally got together. You can look at the camera and say hi to Brandon. Hey, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is, it's cool for me because I don't spend like a ridiculous amount of time here doing this stuff, but it takes time. Like mm-hmm. it takes time to record and set up and edit and, and produce and all that kind of stuff. And most of the time you're at home rocking it with the kids <laughs> and chilling with them or doing whatever. Um, so I'm excited we got a babysitter, which we don't lack babysitters ever for no. anything. We no. are extremely blessed with your dad and my family. It's, I mean, I always tell people maximum two phone calls to one side of the family or the other and we've got a babysitter. Yeah, they, so, they will even fight for their kids. So. Yeah, yeah, they get to debate back and forth and the kids are like, well, do you want to go here? Do you want to go here? Well, Zadie lets us do this. Mama lets us do that. But um, so now I'm, it's just fun to do this <clears throat> with you. So I'm going to stop rambling about that because I could just talk about that for an hour about how much fun it is. They didn't tune in to know I'm fun. That's true. They already know that, that because they know see how fun I am and they know there's no way I can be that much fun on my own. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, episode 17, I promised them an episode like one or two that I, there's no chance I remember how many episodes we're on. And so far I'm going 17 strong and I haven't got it wrong yet. So yet. another applause in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a, I'm going to mess it up. So the first question I want to ask you, the first thing I want you to talk about is to just Tell a little bit of your story or your testimony. Whenever I shared my testimony, when James and I did that a few episodes back, I briefly mentioned you a little bit just because of the contrasting like points of view that we have that we get to like raise our kids with because I kind of went and did things the world's way and you, I'm, and you're not obviously not perfect, but you're pretty darn close. Yeah, and that's most, on recording now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'll admit it. Um, but our our upbringings were similar because we were raised in the church, but we made very different decisions along the way in life, um, which I'm excited about for that aspect of our mm-hmm. kids. Like you can go through life without doing X, Y, and Z that I did or some other people did. Um, but whatever comes to mind, since you didn't have any time to prepare uh, a full-blown testimony, just a little bit about your childhood, your upbringing, 
your history walking with the Lord and serving the Lord and that kind of stuff. So just to clarify, <laughs> you want my testimony about my relationship with the Lord, like growing up, like upbringing, or because there's so many testimonies along the way that that would take. Yeah, that's that's fair. Basically, yeah, your <clears throat> your relationship with Jesus, basically. Okay. When when did it start? What's kept it going? Um, and just kind of a, a blast from the past. Okay. So my upbringing was very different, I guess. Well, see, we were both raised in Christian homes, God-fearing, right. God-loving homes. Um, but our paths looked a little different Jesus is the about way. the last similarity of our childhoods. Yes. And <laughs> the so, one and only. So, yeah. So growing up with my dad, he's very vocal and bold and fierce. But my personality is one that when I see something that maybe I don't agree with, I do the opposite. Or if I see something that I do agree with, I'm like, I need to do that, but even stronger. And so I think that I always thought I had it figured out for a long time because, you know, pastor's kid and being raised up in the church and, you know, everybody loved me because, you know, you're the pastor's kid. So either people love you or hate you. But <laughs> when true. you're when you're little, it's like I look at Peter, Zeke, and Caleb. Everybody loves them. They're like right. this prize. And they have just the most joy and people just are drawn to them. Yeah. But, you know, part of it is they're pastor kids. So right. everybody kind of wants to get to know them. And, you know, I love that for my babies. But something I, I can give them as my perspective of being a pastor's kid is you almost feel like you have it all figured out. Yeah. And there was a a moment where I realized along the way that I know the Lord, I know who he is, I've accepted him in my life, but I think that my own control and my own mindset was like, well, yeah, nobody can tell me any different. I know, I know God, I know how to do this. I'm a good (laughs) Christian. And I lacked the actual relationship. And I think people Mm. kind of forget that growing up in the church or, you know, you you have to have a moment where it's just you and the Lord. And I think for a long time I went through my life and I I really thought like, yes, I'm close to the Lord, but did I pick up my Bible? No, Mm. I did in a Bible study or I did a women's group. And so I felt like, man, I live at the church, so I'm good. Right. But my Sunday faith didn't go into my Monday faith. And I feel like I... Honestly, when we moved here, I, again, just thought, yeah, no, I got it all figured out. And I really started digging deep with, like, my personal relationship. I started having a lot of questions that I didn't understand, and I Mm. felt like, wait, why am I questioning this? Like, I've grown up in the church. Like, I know this. I would go to Dad. He could tell me the Bible from cover to cover, but I didn't know the truth myself. Why? Because I didn't read the truth. I didn't know it. I didn't hide it in my own heart. And so I remember sitting at my kitchen table and I broke down thinking, man, I'm I'm going to hell. Like, I don't know this. Like, I don't even know this truth. And the enemy really like crippled me in fear. Like, Mm. I, how do I know that I know that I know? And I, you know, I questioned that for a Uh long time. Like, but how do I, I know? Right. I know you know, but how do I know? And it's yeah. because I did not seek the Lord myself. I sought what man said about God, or I trust my father, and and you know he's a great example to me. So I took what he had to say, and I'm like, yeah, that applies to my life. But I didn't actually read the word, and I think that's something that we miss today as believers is yeah. we, we listen to a sermon or we listen to a podcast like this, and we're like, man, I needed to hear that. But did you go and the scripture that was referenced, did you go dig into that right. yourself and Absolutely. apply it to your life. And so in a nutshell, I yeah. think that 
Yes, I made good choices along the way because I felt like I just knew that that was right, but I didn't really start applying that personal relationship until I actually sat down and opened the word for myself and put those words in my heart. And so I really felt like at the age of 15 to 16 is when I really entered that new chapter with just me and the Lord, growth, a lot of testimony the way in that, but that was my upbringing. I mean, I felt like I had to figure it out. So yeah. Yeah. No, it's very similar. I similar paths, different reasons because mine wasn't because I felt like I had it figured out. Mine was because I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Like I just wasn't it wasn't a priority. Like I knew I was supposed to be this good kid and so I just <clears> did my own thing, but I didn't read my Bible. I don't you know, all those similar things. Um, which is something that I try to I mean, our kids are only I mean they're six, four, and two. So it's, I mean, we're still early going in the Mm -hmm. parenting game, but that's something I'm trying to, I pray about all the time and I try to figure out like, how can I help my kids avoid that? Like being in uh, ACS in a Christian school, it's not like part of their homework is memorizing Bible verses. Mm -hmm. Like that's incredible already. Um, That's something that I didn't have growing up. I was just regular public school. Um, So that's something I always try to be like cognizant of and remind myself like, okay, like Show your kids that being because that's one thing that I said in the in the podcast. Did you watch the whole episode where we did the the testimonies? Did you mm-hmm. watch my part of it? But that was whenever I was talking about you and your dad. Like you guys made me realize like being a Christian can be cool too. Like, yeah, you don't have to be because we're cool. That's right, you are. <laughs> you don't have to be a lame, or you don't have to be a weirdo, or you don't have to be just like this creepo person to like being a Christian can be fun. It can be cool. It can be exciting. Like it doesn't have to be. A lot of people, I think, in the world think that being a Christian is just boring. Like, oh, you have to follow these rules. I don't, I don't have to follow anything. I get to walk in the ways of the Lord and be blessed by him because of it. And I feel like it's twisted. You know, well, yes, it's it's boring to some people because they feel like, well, I can't do anything. Right. Oh, I can't entertain myself. Yeah. Like, that's not true. Yeah. It's just who you surround yourself with. And it's your perspective on it. And Perspective is everything, honestly. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't have any desire, you know, even in high school to go to proms or it wasn't my vibe. It wasn't my scene. Didn't want to be there. But what did I do? I went bowling with friends. I had a boss. I didn't miss out. I didn't lack for anything. And I'm not saying that if you go to prom, like, you're not saying you're going to hell. Because there are people that will twist that. But no, it just wasn't my thing. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't wasn't my vibe. That's fair. It wasn't my vibe either. I just felt like I was was forced to go. Yeah. But you had to do it. <laughs> it was it was a little bit different. So I'm um, kind of transitioning from that into a little bit like kind of a backstory of yours now into today. Explain what you do in ministry. Like explain what opportunities you currently have, but then also like what's on your heart, like the next level for it. Because I think a lot of times, like you know my name on social media on a lot of places is pastor Josh. And so mm-hmm. they think pastor's wife, like, well, they watch the kid, the traditional pastor's wife, watch the kids host Do people when they come ministry. over and work with the kids. Like it's very, <clears throat> I feel that the mindset of pastor's wife for a long, long time. I'm going to have to edit that water bottle out. That's Sorry. okay. There's, <laughs> there's wind noises in the background. It's, it's, we're, what are we under a tornado warning? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Apparently, wonder a tornado warning on Monday night when we record this, but um, <laughs> that's how much she loves me. She's she's braving the storm, mm-hmm. but um, the traditional pastor's wife role, I feel like, is I feel like pastor's wife kind of got the short end of the stick for a very long time because it was just oh well, you're a woman, you work with the kids and work in the kitchen. Like 
that sounds very misogynistic and unfortunately mm-hmm. it kind of is and that's just the history that's just how it's always been um but i feel like the pastor's wife role is so much more than that or it can be and it should be um and you're a, a perfect example of that so just kind of explain you can nail some like the roles but then because even the role isn't necessarily always indicative of what you actually do mm-hmm. like people see or hear the word pastor or they see pastor and they think oh he preaches and uh, like but there's just so much more that goes into it than that um so give a little peek behind the curtain into a pastor's wife okay so cliff note version a little bit because i feel like when you say that there's so many things that run through my mind that i'm like whoa where do we even start with this one like where do we start breaking this down yeah um because you asked me (laughs) what roles i hold in ministry um and I, I think of a lot of hats that I wear. I yeah. mean, ministry to me looks like a lot of areas of my life. Being a mom is ministry. Mm-hmm. We can go. That's a whole other podcast for, for a sure. whole other day. A thousand percent. But being a mom's ministry. I'm a preschool teacher. That's a ministry that God has blessed me tremendously with. Yeah. Not only to minister and disciple these kids, but also to disciple and serve the staff there um, and the women. That's where my right. heart's at. Yeah. Um, but in the church setting, I feel like. You know, yes, I, I worked heavily in the, the children's ministry, and I want to make a point of this. You cannot have a church without a bomb children's ministry. That's so true. for everybody serving in that capacity, literally the doors would not be open if it right. were not for them. Yes. Um, but I transitioned out of that to start serving on a worship team at a whole different church, which my mom always said, you're going you're gonna to sing and you're going to use that gift for the Lord. But I don't know. Like, I think growing up, I just kind of got burnt by singing and I'm like, eh, yeah. I don't want to do it um, until it, my fire kind of ignited yeah. back up. And so I served on a team and now I'm serving as a worship leader at our church, which is a huge blessing. And yeah. honestly, a hat I didn't really think I'd ever wear. I remember just coming here, there was the need for that. And I said, okay, right. I'm going to fulfill this role. Um for a very short season, like we're gonna bring somebody in, and then God anointed me for that. And Absolutely. until you know, I really feel that that season is up. Like when God makes it abundantly clear He's gonna bring in the talent, bring in the gift, I will gladly step out of the way. Um, but that's a role that I serve, and I yeah. feel like that's huge because that's a huge part of a Sunday morning, and you get to literally welcome the Holy Spirit in. You get to pray over the service. It's just. There's a lot of behind the scenes that go into being a pastor's wife and <clears throat> just what, kind of what happens on a Sunday morning. But my biggest heart um, and desire that the Lord has shown me is to be heavily involved with women. And I obviously a little women study, but I know that he has given me the gift and he has made it very clear that I'll be a woman's pastor. And so I'm just walking into that. And something I want to share with somebody who may, might be a new believer or might be like, man, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know my calling. I feel like I have prayed for this. And it's so great to hear this couple talking about their giftings or their callings. But I'm telling you right now that I don't have a gift. I don't have an ability to do anything. That's wrong. And I promise you, if you seek the Lord, he will make it abundantly clear. And we talked about our testimony, but something I didn't share was I felt like I always had a toolbox that was empty. Like Mm -hmm. I had, I had the actual box, but I didn't have anything to put into it. And so I prayed, I remember praying one day, I was like, God, I feel like I have almost a foundation. Mm. Like I have the ability to put tools in here, 
but I don't have the tools. And I need you to equip me with those tools, and then I want to be able to give those out freely. And I remember at 15 when I prayed that, I thought, man, this is going to be a long time. And now sitting here at 25, the in 10 years, the tools that he's given me to hand out to other women and to other couples, I'm like, holy cow, like, don't ever discredit or discount the you might only have a toolbox today, but I promise you, if you seek the Lord daily, you will have so many tools. It will be overflowing that you can't help but give it out. And I feel like being a pastor's wife is a lot of fun. <laughs> There's a lot of scrutiny to that, but like that doesn't uh, yeah. that didn't phase me because growing up, I always faced that, you know. Right. So that that didn't scare me. I love supporting you. I love coming alongside of you, and I love doing ministry hand in hand with you. So I hope I answered that the way that you thought I probably <laughs> I think you did. I, I didn't know exactly how you answered it but I just want you to answer from your heart yeah I don't know I feel like being a pastor's wife is it can be a lot and it yeah it's a blessing I feel like being a pastor's wife is taking those 2 a.m phone calls with women mm-hmm. or putting on a fire in the church that nobody knew about right um and I'm just blessed that God called me to do it yeah. and so that was one thing I was going to share, say that you didn't uh, necessarily hit on a whole bunch was just the amount of times that women call you and just need to talk about women's stuff, life stuff, mom stuff, work stuff, whatever it is. Um, I give you a hard time because you're on your phone, but <laughs> it's, I just love, I love, I don't get to hear both sides of the conversation because I don't have your other earbud in my head, but <laughs> Just, I just love hearing your side of the conversation and just like the scripture that you don't even realize that you know and that you just pull out of your heart where you've stored it, like you said earlier, and just the encouragement and everything else to different women. And it's not just women. There have been times that you have challenged full-grown men yes. in our church or <laughs> friends of ours, uh, you know, close family members, and that you've told people, like, you need to get your butt in church mm-hmm. or looking somebody in the eye and talking to the evil spirit that's within them, mm-hmm. uh, a man that could harm you physically very easily because he's much larger than you. And you look right at that guy and you tell him, listen, I know who you are. I know what's in there. And just calling stuff out that there's, yeah, people people kind of make light of like, oh, she's fierce or oh, she's <laughs> she's bold or she's this or she's that. But that's it's one of my favorite things about you when it's directed at other people. Yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's had to take that and uh, use it for his glory, though, because there's a line. And when you have a strong personality like Caleb, good grief. I'm like, there are days like today I looked at him and I'm thinking, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if we're (laughs) going to do this. Looked at me dead in the face. You go to timeout. The finger gun. You go to timeout right now. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I don't know if I'm going to be able to survive parenting you. And then I thought, okay, I got to really disciple you. I got to. Because I know, I know your personality is going to be used mightily. Yeah. And I can only imagine how I was. I mean. It's it's so funny. You and I are perfect examples of it because, so she was ra- born in California, moved here from New Jersey. She's a coastal girl, mm-hmm. mostly an, an East Coast girl, which is where I'm sure. It's funny to me because my family, I feel like 
attributes more things to the region in which you grew up and and your family is more of just like well this is how we are so yeah or this is how i am or <laughs> why are you that way where we're like the midwest people are just chill and laid mm-hmm. back for the most part i mean there's there's some rambunctious midwesterners too um and we're not as just straight and to the point and blunt and bold about things and the whole midwest goodbye thing where you know it takes 20 minutes to leave somebody's you know that's just, legit it is just that you can get a drink it's okay okay <laughs> just getting just the contrasting uh personalities but it's so funny like when you compare like it seems obvious that like we have three boys mm-hmm. one of them is almost exactly like me in almost every way one of yes. them is exactly like you in every way and then the middle one is the middle one he's like half and half and that seems obvious when you think about it but it's just funny <laughs> to me but it's it's going to be interesting as they grow to knowing that peter is so much like me and having to kind of pull mm-hmm. some of that calling out of him and show him and, and uplift him and with caleb it's going to be more of the honing it <sighs> in and this is direct this for this yeah, like this child, positive way calm yourself this yeah. is not about you <laughs> he cracks me up that yeah. picture you sent me today was adorable yeah he's he has up. such a personality for a little barely just turned two last month i mean he cracks me up yeah and i don't want people to think oh zeke's a middle child zeke is anointed that boy oh. is something else and he, he looked has grown- fight he looked a grown man in the face and said, that if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. Yeah, we need to work on the delivery a little bit. <laughs> that's that's the you have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. No, I just, I love I love all three. I always wondered which, parenting was uh, one of the things kind of that I knew we'd end up talking about. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of a generic thing. So we'll keep going down this rabbit trail for a minute. But I, I knew like people, whenever they, you're going to have a kid or you get married and they talk about having kids or when they find out that, your wife's pregnant and they talk to you about parenting and fatherhood and stuff. You know, it's always like you're going to love all of your kids equally, but not the same. And it did not make any sense until we had multiple children. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I get it. I would give up my life for any of these kids. But the relationship is so different mm-hmm. between all three of them. It's fun. It's fun. Having it's, three boys is a wild ride. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I know the parenting uh, topic will continue to come, come come up, but the next thing I wanted to ask you, and this is I preach about this a lot for whatever reason, I and it's weird because I'm never the person I've never been the person that's like calling out a problem with something, or I usually am, and try to t- find the way to go around to get to the same destination in a different way. You know the whole Midwestern thing, uh, but I have preached about it a lot. I've done like series on the topic but i'm curious to hear your thoughts because i don't know if i've ever really asked you if you could change and it can be more than one thing but if you could change one or a couple things about the church not our church but the church Mm -hmm. as a whole what would it be what do you see in the church that needs fixed or that's lacking or that needs dialed up or dialed down what would that be for you i'm curious um Man, you got to like hone into your thoughts on this. Yeah. So oh, that's a hard question because I feel like, again, behind the scene ministry, just getting people yeah. in the door of a church. My goodness, that's challenging. It is. Um, I think this question is really complicated because I go to all the conversations I've ever had with people that have had church hurt. You know, mm-hmm. everybody knows that saying, you know. Everybody knows that. I don't even know how to explain that. Yeah. And everybody's church hurt looks so different. It does. You can have church hurt before you actually walk in the building of a church. <laughs> so so I kind of I kind of want to talk about what 
you know, not necessarily in the building uh-huh. of a church because I feel like we are the church right. and I feel like we represent the church. Exactly. And so I think what I would change is... Which I think that's one of the things that needs change is people yes, need to remember that we are the church, not the building that we're in. That's what I was going to say is like, you can put on a Sunday face all you want oh, and, yeah. and you can put that smile on and be like, God bless you, bless you, <laughs> God loves you. That's great. But nobody hears it when Monday through Saturday... Your face has a whole different story. Yep. When we say the fruits need to be evident in your life, I feel like that's the thing I would change is I want you in your workplace. Like, I never thought God would put me in a, it's so humbling and I'm honored, but I just never saw this happening in my life that because I am who I am unapologetically and I've walked the path God has called me to walk. I have been able to, and this is not in my ability, this is in the Lord, people at the school students' families are coming into mm, the church right. that wouldn't have. Yeah. And it's because that's the one thing I would change. Be who God has called you to be. Be the light, truly in the darkness and not in a cliche way. Yeah. But people will see Jesus all over you uh-huh. and they will ask you questions and they will welcome you into their home and you will have a in-depth conversation with somebody you never thought you would over their dinner table because you were God out in your workplace. You were the Lord out at a gas station when you were frustrated on the highway, when your your kid's throwing up in the back seat, but you're still exemplifying Jesus in every moment. People are going to ask you questions. And I think that church hurt when I say it happens outside of the building, it's because when somebody knows you're a believer and when you publicly claim that you are a Christian or that I love the Lord, people will watch you even when you don't think they do. Uh And they'll be like, well, if she's a Christian, if she's a believer and she's going to treat me like that, I will never go to church. And that's how church hurt forms when you've never even walked into a building. And so I think that's what I would change the most. Yes. Don't just put on your Sunday best. Right. Be God truly everywhere you walk, everywhere you go. I think that's something that would cure so much hurt in the world. And yeah, that's how I would answer that is I think church hurt actually happens more so outside of a church than it does inside. I'm not saying because that's a whole, again, that is a whole other topic um, with what can happen inside a building of a church. But to answer your question, the one thing I would change is to be like God outside of a church. I think that's I think that's so true and I think the reason that that we're starting to see more people that we communicate with outside the church coming to our church is and one thing that you do so well is we both believe that going to church is important mm-hmm. but we and you're better at it than I am but we don't say you need to come to my church. Mm-hmm. We say you need to go to church. Mm-hmm. Because they may not like my preaching style or they may not like you and Lindsay up there leading worship. I don't know mm-hmm. why they wouldn't, but they might. So they may not enjoy the building or they may not enjoy <clears throat> if, if the if a particular church has a little bit older crowd and not as many young couples. They may not. It, people have their own preferences. And should that matter? No. Does it matter in reality? Yes. It's just how life is. But, can I interrupt you for a moment? Absolutely. Because I don't want to miss this point. I Yes, I agree. Don't ever approach somebody because when you approach it like if you came to me and if i first started like you need to come to jonathan creek christian church they wouldn't hear anything else i said Uh because they know they already know that i represent that church right that's abundantly clear yep 
But there's a line, though, because I think people have felt like, well, she never invited me, so I don't feel welcomed. So I always try when I have a conversation with somebody, I say, you are not required. I don't want you to feel any pressure coming to my church. But I also want you to hear me. I would love to have you. I would love to sit with you. I would love to connect you with my church. But you need to be a part of a church. And so I'll kind of get to know them that way. But they didn't hear it through the lens of, you need to come to my church because uh-huh. it's the only good church. Right. Then they start asking me questions about our church, our yeah. community. What do we do? What do we represent? And so then we get to have that conversation. Yeah. But I always say, I need you to be a part of a church. Right. And I'll say the, you know, what can happen being a part of that community. And they hear me. And then they right. start asking questions about Jonathan Creek or about what church we represent because yep. they already know that. Yeah. I don't need to say that. They know that. Yep. So God will naturally open the door. So don't shy away from inviting people. Right. Oh, yeah. But because I don't want people to think that yeah. might be like, man, I want to evangelize. I want to invite uh-huh. people to church. We need to grow our church. We need yeah. to grow our community. But how do we do that? I feel right. it's all in your approach and it is. it's in your delivery on yeah. that. So. Be confident you in your should church. Want people to come yes. to your church. If you're if you don't want people to come to your church, you're at the wrong church. Yes. Be confident <laughs> in your church. Be confident in you know yeah. who you are to invite them. But also don't just say, "Hey, you need to come to Jonathan Creek Christian Church." No, no, don't do that. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I agree. No, you said it perfectly. <laughs> okay. That was what I was getting at. <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, you said it better than me. Uh, but no, yeah, I agree. You should be proud of your church. Mm-hmm. If you're not. I'll say this to everybody out there. If you're not proud of your church, do something about it. Yes, be the change. Do something about it. If your kids' programs aren't good enough, volunteer in the kid wing. If your youth group isn't good enough, volunteer in the youth group. If your greeters are frowny faced and aren't smiling when they greet people, be a greeter. Now, not everybody can be up there preaching. You know, there are certain things, certain biblical qualifications you need mm-hmm. to meet. But if you're not happy with your church, do something about it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you don't love your church, then you're at the wrong church. Could be the case. Yeah. But try to do something about it first. Mm-hmm. You're there for a reason. Pray about it. Pray about it. Mm-hmm. God, that may be God calling you out, mm-hmm. but that may be God calling you in and saying, I need you in this season. 100%. Uh, so the next topic, mm-hmm. it's a combined thing. Because obviously, my wife's here. We're going to talk about marriage whether it's brief or in long form. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, because everybody knows that we're going to talk about marriage and not everybody that watches this podcast is married. Mm-hmm. So what would you, what's an, a piece of advice you would give to single Christians that are mm. either in a relationship, you know, because technically you're single if you're not married, whatever. Yeah. You know, on your W-2, it's either single or married. Yep. Um, people... Christians that are not married, whether they're in a relationship or they're seeking a relationship, or even if they're not seeking a relationship, what would your one piece of advice be for those people? So I have this conversation all the time. Um, And my advice kind of teeters a little bit on what season of life somebody's in. But in a generic way, I will say for me personally, I felt like I was very picky. (laughs) Because I take that as a compliment, guys. Yes. Well, okay. So I feel like this could, first of all, before you ever pursue a man or a woman, and I mean that like in a biblical way, like I'm not just saying like, oh, pick no. Right. Um, but if you are a guy pursuing a woman or you're a woman pursuing a man, you need to make sure first and foremost that you know your worth and you know your identity in Christ 
again, that, that needs to be your foundation. You need to already know that. You need to know who comes first, which is the Lord. If you don't know that and that, or maybe you do know that, but you haven't applied that, you got to get that strong first before yep. you even start looking for Amen. your partner. Amen. Um, <clears throat> so that's your foundation. Make sure that's in order. But once you feel like that's in order and you have prayed, and I mean prayed earnestly, uh-huh. I feel that I was picky because I did know what I brought to the table. I also prayed for my husband long before I ever met you. Um, and I asked a lot of hard questions, I feel like, because yes, I... <laughs> All of the hard questions. Yes. I, I think as women, we need to stop shying away from the hard questions. I agree. That's good. Because... I feel like we sometimes think, well, if I ask that, he's going to run away. Well, if he runs away, he's not the the one. Again, I think it's about your delivery. Don't just go up to somebody and be like, hey, have you had sex before? Um, (laughs) I know that's a little deep for a podcast maybe, but I... It's real. Yeah, I just feel like as women, be bold enough and confident enough in who you are to ask the questions, but also extend grace where it applies because I feel like you might have a picture-perfect man in your, your mind and the Lord will bring somebody to you and you're like, well, I did not think that that was going to happen. Yeah. And you have to be willing to go into that conversation and allow your future spouse, if that is the one, to be honest with you. And you take that and apply grace if yeah. it's not the answer you wanted Yeah, and talk about that because you want to know why. Or, or, But as a man, be willing to have that conversation. Right. Be willing to own, you know, if... There's something that she is talking about that is not comfortable. Be willing to own that. Be willing right. to to walk into that and don't go to your guys and be like, I think she's clingy. She's needy. <laughs> she's asking me these questions. I asked you a lot of questions before we ever dated. Yeah. I I wanted to know because I wasn't going to waste my time. Right. And there are going to be women out there. Women, don't shy away from that. Don't waste your time. Absolutely. I'm with that 100%. Yeah. I did not want to waste my time. I asked you a lot of hard questions. I feel like now I think I would have went about it a little differently um, because I've matured um, over the years. So I think it's good to ask the questions, but I also think that how you ask that question and how you kind of respond to it is important as well. So women, die down the anger a little bit. If it's not what you want to hear, <laughs> go into it prayerfully. Um, don't go into it just being like, well, he better say yes to this or he better say no to that because right. then you're not really willing to have a conversation. And that's something I've learned along the mm. way is when I almost say, well, the answer better be this. I'm not even open to a conversation. Right. I'm writing the script. Yeah. So I, I think as women, don't shy away from asking the questions, but also don't write the script for your man. Yeah. Let him be honest with you and don't shut that down or he's not going to want to be honest. Um, not justifying that. However, I kind of wrote the script in my mind a little bit, right. which dictated the outcome. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I think that's something I would give advice on. Ask the hard questions. Be willing to dig deep with your spouse. Uh, don't be, don't be willing to give up. There is so many things. I feel like even as a dating couple, we went through that. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. For real. Up and down, up and down. And I feel like you kind of got to hone into that and become a strong unit and then getting married. The first like honeymoon phase is, is great. Everybody calls it a honeymoon phase for a reason. Enjoy that season because I think people dampered my honeymoon phase, okay? Mm. Because everybody told me, you're going to have this honeymoon phase and it's going to be great and rainbows, but then the the real thing's going to hit. And I think it dampered it for me because yeah. no, enjoy the honeymoon phase. That right. is a thing. 
yes because yeah, absolutely. i think that in my mind i was like well is this real and i didn't enjoy <laughs> it because i kept thinking well when's the shoe gonna drop sometimes right. the shoe doesn't drop and yes life happens but enjoy that just new intimate love that man looking back on that season i'm like i wish i would never have let somebody damper that for me right because Heck yeah, the honeymoon phase was a lot of fun, but I wish I would have enjoyed it a little more. Yeah. Um, but also go into it knowing that, man, your vows are everything. And I feel like it's so easy to walk away and what the world will show us is right. it's a piece of paper, um, which it's it's not, but you really have to, before you ever commit to your spouse, truly say, when you write those vows, if you write them, we did, you better stand by those vows. Right. And when you have kids, Holy camole, does your marriage change? Yes. Your communication changes. Everything changes and you have to come together as one. Yep. The key word being one there because it is hard if you are not willing to go through a fire together and right. come out stronger. Yeah. You're not ready for marriage. That's I, true. I think if people <clears throat> think about it this way, if you were going to pick a job <laughs> and Whatever job you chose, that was the job for the rest of your life until the day that you die. You, know, you don't get to retire. That's the people would be a lot pickier about mm -hmm. the job they choose, but that's the reality. That should be the reality of when you're picking a spouse. Yeah. But because everything's so easy nowadays. Oh, we'll get married. It's it's oh yeah, we'll make it Facebook official, and then oh I can just change my <clears throat> like everything is just so easy today, mm -hmm. and I mean one of the biggest parts of marriage is sex and. Sex has become so transactional in our world that, oh, well, it doesn't matter. I can I can be married to you. I can be married to you. I can be married to you. I can just do whatever I want as long as I'm happy. And marriage has just gotten so twisted in our world today. Yeah. It's not what it's supposed to be in a lot of cases. Yeah, and I feel like women and men will always go into it with a different perspective. Oh, especially yeah. Especially in marriage because right. even talking about intimacy, holy cow, that changes in your marriage too. Like, yeah. We want to be real. Right. There are going to be times where it's like getting on every night. And then there are going to be times <laughs> where it's like, well, it's been three weeks. What's going on? Right. So, man, is marriage hard? Like yeah. it is. But like you're my best friend. I feel like I can confidently say that through how long have we been together as a whole? Like That's a whole. We've known each other for a long time. We've known each other. This <clears throat> summer we will have known each other for 11 years. Yeah, that's crazy to me. So and we'll be, this summer we'll have been married for eight. So I think like together, together is probably like nine. Yeah. So it's just. Unofficially together, like 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've known each other for a long time. And I feel like, man. To me, we had a very weird beginning because we, we knew we were going to marry each other before we ever dated. Yeah. And that's. I know, and age played into that too, and yeah. that was a factor for sure. But I just, I feel like we've gone through so much. But like, yeah. man, every season we've come out stronger, and right. but we've had to come together. Right. Somebody's had to come to somebody and be like, "Hey, uh -huh. we need to humble ourselves because yeah. this is not about you. Right. Um, it's not about me." So, and yeah. marriage is hard. Like, I think people look on Facebook and they're like, "Man, oh yeah, they have it all together." Right. No, no. Yeah. Or. Oh, I aspire to be like them. Actually, that's great. But who are you? Do you have you had a conversation with that couple? Right. Have do you know what they've walked through? I aspire to be like us on Facebook all the time. Yes. You know Amen. I mean? <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Exactly. But 
have you talked to that couple? Have right. you seen what they've walked through? Have right. have you gone to them in your struggle? Because I can't tell you how many women would have come to me and said, I've gone through this in my marriage. I'm divorcing this idiot. And I'm like, well, wait, wait, wait. Backtrack. What are you going through? Yeah. Well, you wouldn't understand. Try me. Try me. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you went through that? 100%. Right. Talk about communication. I've had the, that's one of the areas that I struggle with. Or what's even funnier to me is when a woman will come to me and they'll be venting about their spouse. And I'm uh-huh. like, actually, that was me and my marriage. And they're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can own it. I did that actually. Right. And they're like, wow. And so you can really break through because if you're just honest with people and tell people, I'll even own my wrongdoings. But goodness, if we think marriage is perfect. Right. And communication is so important. Like one of the biggest things, like just a little bit ago, you said the word intimacy. And I'm guessing that the majority of men, when they heard the word intimacy, they thought sex. Mm -hmm. And I bet a lot of women, when they heard intimacy, thought something very different Mm -hmm. or at least a little bit different. Yeah. And so that's, yeah, that's something that I had to learn. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a man. Physical touch is my number one love language. And that's more than just sex, but sex is part of it. Yeah. And so that's something that I had to learn is the... The physical side brings my emotional side up to speed, mm-hmm. whereas oftentimes women, it's the other way around. The emotional connection brings the physical connection up to speed, mm-hmm. and it's some, you gotta you just have to get to know your partner. No, you're not gonna get it perfect. I got it. I still don't get it perfect. I still ain't even close. But you've got to just <laughs> understand your spouse and figure them out as much as you can on a daily basis. And whenever the, your spouse doesn't, you extend grace. Yes. And yep. that's the hardest part. I know. For me too. Listen, like there are so many times where I will be like counseling somebody and then I'll come home and you'll do something that irritates me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I just talked about this. Uh-huh. Do not do this, Allie. Like, I will, Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. <laughs> yes. Like I will be like, I know this is the enemy trying to get to me because uh-huh. I just told this woman not to do this. That's what you preach. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, it's been a long day. That's funny. You just irritated me. And now I've got to humble myself right now. Uh-huh. And I just, I cannot do it. And so there are times that I have to literally, man, apologizing is hard. And you know that that's not my strong suit in this marriage. So I have to be like, do I really want to do something that I'm going to have to apologize for? Right. And so, but yeah, I, <laughs> marriage funny. is fun. You're my best friend though. And I feel like we've gone through a lot, but yeah, I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. Right. Speaking of going through a lot, this is one of the last things that I wanted to talk about. I've mentioned it several times on the podcast, but I want you to share a little bit about the start of New Impact Ministries and Mimi's mission <clears throat> and kind of the, it, it's different coming from you. It just is. What do you mean the, different? The Mimi's, the Mimi's mission side of it. What do you mean different? Just. It's in honor of your mom. Yeah. So what do you want me to share? Just kind of the heart behind it from your perspective. Because I can explain it, but you, you can. I think you can explain it on a deeper level. So, losing mom was probably. I can confidently say that was probably the hardest thing I've ever encountered in yeah. my life. Um, it was the. I you will never forget that day. I I can no. close my eyes and picture it. Yep. Imagine the feeling I felt in that very moment. Still today. Yeah. And we just approached two years, and I remember that same day i stood on the lord's promise and i said you're gonna turn this into something good Mm -hmm. because i don't see anything good in this right all i i was sitting at dad and mom's kitchen table and i don't think i've even shared this with you but i was so upset obviously i was upset right 
but everybody responds to grief very differently. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting there and I closed my eyes because there was just a lot of chaos going on. Oh, yeah. And I remember thinking, okay, God, I know this is a terrible situation. And I don't know how this is possibly okay. And I don't know how this is even your will. But I'm going to trust and I'm going to stand on your promise that something good is going to come from this. And I close my eyes and in that moment, every conversation I've had with a woman or a a couple that they have walked through despair that I couldn't relate to, Mm. but I could, what's the word I'm looking for, sympathize and try to put myself in the situation, but I couldn't really relate to it. You can empathize Every, with them. Yeah, empathize. I, I, in my mind, it was like God showed me the slideshow of mm. every conversation I ever had. Yeah. And I went back and I was like, man, I gave these people scripture. I gave these people truth. And I have to apply this no matter how hard this is. And I remember going home and I opened my word and I was almost angry to read it. And anger is definitely an emotion of grief, but I was angry to read the Lord's promise to me. <laughs> because I felt like this does not apply. Right. <laughs> and I was like, man, I don't want to get it. I don't yeah. want to be on that side. Right. Like I don't want to understand how these people felt when I told them this promise, but I'm going to force myself to stand on it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, okay, God, you're going to turn something good and we're going to glorify you in this, in this moment. And so the Lord told me that, you know, I knew that something was going to happen and my mom's biggest heart was, you know, people. She loved people. Yeah. And she loved to love. Um, I think her and I had a lot of similarities in the fact of just we loved women and we loved to help women and families. Right. And she would give away vacuum cleaners. Dad and I mentioned that too. Like, <laughs> you came to my mom's home and she'd give you her lunch if she was at work and you didn't have yeah. food. She didn't go buy vacuum cleaners for people. She, <laughs> she went to the closet and gave yours away. <laughs> yeah. So somebody came in and like, oh, I don't have clothes. Oh, shop in my closet. Yeah. We don't have food. She would give away the groceries that we needed for dinner and wouldn't say, like, Dad and I would be out. And she wouldn't just say, hey, will you pick up a new vacuum cleaner or bread? Uh-huh because we don't have it now. <laughs> and so we'd come home and we're like, where'd this go? Yeah. And so now looking back, I just, oh my goodness, do I laugh about that? But yeah. she had a big heart for people. And so I was like, I want to do something in honor of mom. And I couldn't imagine anything better than starting a ministry that helps families, right. not just women, not just men, but families. And I don't feel there's a ministry out there that does that. Yeah. Um, I know there's churches and I know all of that, but there's not one ministry that you can call and say, I have this car repair, I need help. I have this cancer treatment that I need help with, which is what we just did. I can't pay these deductibles. Uh And again, like churches are really good about helping, um, but it's hard because you have, you know, a budget that you have to stick to and things like that. And so we're truly a non-for-profit. We strictly run off donations. And that's hard because especially we've seen lately that it is challenging and you, you run into hiccups. And man, did I get discouraged. I almost stopped altogether. I haven't made a video in so long. And I think I let, man, the busyness of life, the attacks. I'm like, I don't owe these people justification. Like, I didn't do anything. Like, I know. And I'm like, I, I so I just took a break from it for a while. Yeah. And the Lord still blessed it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. As he blessed it. And we've been able to meet every need that's ever come in, which I'm so thankful for. Yes. But the heart behind it is, man, I'm so proud of it. Me too. I, I'm proud of it because I could have responded to it so differently. And this is not about me. I just wanted to do something. Yeah. To also for myself. I mean, mm. I wanted to do something that I felt like I was walking 
you know, hand in hand with yeah. her in a way um, to bless other people, but also to really show the world that you can truly take a moment yes. that could crush you and cripple you and you can stay there forever. Um, and that's not a heaven or hell thing that right. you could just be so you can be, you can be bound up till you get to heaven. Yeah. And, and you're not used. I did not want to be just not used for the kingdom. Right. And so I want Mimi's mission and I want new impact ministries to just be a place where people can go for help. But I also want it to be a testimony to everybody that hears about it, everybody that sees what we're doing. And honestly, I, again, I need to be better about showing that more because we do a lot behind the scenes and sometimes I forget because I'm so used to just getting that phone call or getting that email and being like, hey, babe, I'm going to go put gas in this person's car. Hey, babe, I'm going to go to Walmart and get this. Or hey, hey, by the way, I'm going to mobile order this. Um, You're going to see this. It's going to be for somebody in Iowa and it's not even our state, but you're going to see this charge. Uh It just heads up. And I don't talk about that because I got so discouraged, I think, um, with just people twisting things or... Whatever, and that doesn't matter. Yeah. But the heart behind it, I think, is just for me, the whole reason I wanted to start this was because I wanted to do something to help other people yeah. in a moment where I felt helpless. Right. And I feel like that ministry represents that. I feel like we've done yeah. that very well. I feel like we've learned a lot along oh, the way. Yeah. So anyways, I, I, love I hope it. that answered that. I think it did. And I love it because <laughs> we have an outlet to allow other people to come alongside and keep doing the things that she would do for people. Yeah. Like we've went to our garage and gotten bags of baby boy clothes to give to people that needed it. Like that's literally what she did. Like I haven't quite given away a vacuum cleaner yet. Haven't done the vacuum cleaner yet. But I have given away food out of my fridge. You're kind of you kind of like your vacuum cleaner though, so listen, I do. <laughs> I do like my vacuum cleaner, but I would give it away. Right. I hope so anyways. <laughs> I would. We may find out. I know. Man, now he's going to test me on and that. Now we'll find out. Don't take advantage <laughs> if you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't be trying to get my vacuum if you don't really need it. Yeah, don't be flooding the comments with, I want your vacuum. Yeah. Okay. But, <laughs> no, that, no, I love that because I can explain, you know, this is what happened and we started this in honor of this per, and I can explain it and go through it, but you, and I saw some of the stuff, but like. I hear the stories of giving the vacuum cleaner away. Mm -hmm. You've come home to no vacuum cleaner in your closet. Yeah. Or no food in your fridge. Like you lived that. And I I lived a a part of it. I got to see some of the stuff. But we got some burnt pancakes from my mom. I was just getting ready to say, I just thought we need to do like a fundraiser for a a pancake breakfast. Yeah. We won't burn them though. Every time. So, and I kind of talked about it a little bit in the episode where I gave my testimony because I talked about how we met. But whenever I first met your family, I became good friends with your three brothers. Mm -hmm. And so I would hang out at your house all the time, crash there on Saturday night for church on Sunday. And every morning, whenever I would wake up, anytime I ever stayed at their house, (laughs) I I, I think your mom was trying to sweeten the pot for me to like date her daughter type thing, Mm -hmm. but she would always make pancakes. And I had no idea that you could burn pancakes to a crisp. And it cracked me up every time. Every time she would burn them and I would eat every single bite that she gave me. And she was so proud too. She was. You know, she I really could, thought. I didn't have the heart to say no thanks. She I, thought world's best pancakes and uh, I did not eat the pancakes. I will say if they weren't burnt, they would have been phenomenal. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. My mom was goofy. People she didn't always for, get to see that. Yeah, she made up for it with the Norwegian waffles. Yes. That's the fundraiser we really should do. Yeah. But oh my goodness, is that a lot of work? That is a lot of work. I just started that. Yeah. Now my students won't. Norwegian waffles. All the time. 
Yeah, but it I'm like. takes hours to make them. Yes. And Logan really wants them. And I'm like, I'm going to have to pull through for this boy. <laughs> You're going to have to. Me and Logan are boys. So. I know. I love Logan. But yeah, I'm going to have to make 25 Norwegian waffles. Yes. It's a, it's a special waffle recipe that it's like the best waffle you ever taste in your life. But then you stuff it with whipped cream and strawberries and blueberries. and Cool whip. There's a difference. It's the same thing. No. Cool Whip is a brand of whipped cream. Cool Whip is completely different. The consistency is different. <laughs> the way it forms is different. The taste is different. Everything's different about Cool Whip. Okay. Well, they're not a sponsor, so we can't just be name dropping Cool Whip over here. Yeah. <laughs> not a sponsor yet. Cool Whip. That'd be bomb. That would be. We're going to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon's supposed to be getting me a sponsorship, and I need to reach back out to him. I forget who it was going to be. For some J's? <laughs> hey, yeah. If there's a if there's a Jordan brand, just I mean, if somewhere up in here, I just got me. Ooh, my computer's or about to die. Or dude dad, your hat. Or dude dad, dude dad. If you want to sponsor this, whoever. Um, so my computer's about to die, so I'm oh. going to plug it in, and I will edit that out. Okay. And we're back like nothing ever happened. Exactly. I. It's charging. Look at that. Now, anyways, the, the last thing that I was going to have you talk about to end on a funny high note, tell them the story of when we first met Oh, and how much you loved me. Yeah, I loved him a lot, actually. Um, okay, so when we moved here, man, I feel like I need to give some context here. Whatever you want. Okay, so I was moving from New Jersey. Because sh- I don't know if I've shared the story here. I've mm-hmm. shared it with a lot of people, and I might have touched on it, but... It's, I love telling the story. It's funny. Yeah. But I love hearing you tell it too. <laughs> yeah. So I was really upset. Did not want to move. I, in fact, told my dad, I'm not moving with you. Um, he can testify to this. But I was like, I'm not moving. No. I'm living with my Tata. Forget you people. <laughs> you have moved me too many times. I don't care about your calling. It's not my calling. I remember sitting on the fireplace, like the little mantle of that. And I said to dad, you have a calling on your life. <laughs> That is great for you. I don't have that same calling, okay? So I'm going to actually stay here. The calling being moving to Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Well, he would move all the time. God told me I'm going to move here. That's great. God told you. He didn't tell me. And so, anyways, it was one of those similar conversations with dad that we were moving again. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. Like, I just got back home to my family. Yeah. No. And mom died laughing. Well, mom and dad visited Illinois, which, by the way, didn't even know that was a state. Okay. I was great. That's cool. And I'm like, Illinois? What's Illinois? That cracks me up every time you tell me that. And (laughs) so mom came home. Can I, like, really share what she said? Whatever you want. Okay, cool. So I didn't want to offend people, though. That's on them. Okay. So. (laughs) You're not going to offend anybody. Okay. So mom came home, and I already did not want to move here. And she's like, we're moving to a cornfield with a bunch of Amish people. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to watch this anyways. <laughs> and so I was like, what? A cornfield? I'm not doing that. I'm definitely not doing that. Yeah. And then mom, go, mom said our whole church was Amish. It was all <laughs> Amish. And I'm like, I'm definitely not going. <laughs> and so in the same breath, dad goes, well, I met your husband. <laughs> no, you didn't. I ain't married no Amish man. And I said, I know. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> then he's going to have to come here. <laughs> like, if, if that's God's will for my life, then he's going to make it happen. But it's not because I'm moving there. And so I was very strong-willed. So yeah. by the time I got in that car to come, it was not in agreement. And I was already in a bad mood. And then we get there. And, and then I you had to spend a however 12, 14 hours in a car with you guys. All my had, family, animals, at time, birds. At the time, there were five kids that were moving. Yeah. Five of the seven. And seven dogs. Yeah. Well, also, and no, two I think sugar it was gliders and, and a bird. 
and a we bird. had a bird. Also, I was told, which we always had big homes because like we're a big family. Yeah. Now they we're gonna live in this church parsonage, and it's so small. Everybody kept telling me how small it was. So I picture this box. Okay. So when yeah. we got here, I was like, oh my goodness, thank God. It's so you thought your whole family was living in this office. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> what? Where are we going? This is definitely we heard wrong. This is, this is not good. <laughs> well, I'll never forget when we got here. Can I mention his name? I don't care. Because he loves me. Yeah, I'm not going to offend him. I don't Go for think. it. Okay. So when I got out, the first person I met was Larry. Uh, I thought you were going to say somebody else. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know who you're thinking about, but anyways, I met Larry Netherton. I was so irritated. <laughs> and it was hot. It was so hot. Because what, what what month did we move here? July. July. It was, you were July like 2nd. Well, and it was the hottest summer you guys have ever had and the worst winter. And yeah. I, felt, I felt like I was lied to. But anyways, that's besides the point. So it was hot. It was like hot. Yeah. hot and larry goes oh welcome this is where god shines down and i'm thinking no it's just hot as hell <laughs> i remember thinking that and so then i met you and man i don't know what it was i can't pinpoint it you just rubbed me the wrong way and you never came up to me and said oh you know anything you didn't say anything like arrogant or like it was just dumb the- it was I, a vibe, I think. I, at that point, I didn't know the Lord like I should have, and I didn't have a relationship with him. And so I was still trying to hide all of my insecurities by acting overconfident. So I, I probably know. projected arrogance when really it was insecure. I was trying to hide insecurity. Well, I remember our first conversation, and I was like, I think Dad introduced me, and I go by Allie anyways, but he said, hey, this is my daughter, Allison. And You guys were standing in the driveway, and yeah. I was moving boxes in, and he was over there, and so I walked over to meet you while yeah. he was there. Yeah, and so he's like, oh, this is my daughter, Allison, and you're like, what? Did, I don't remember exactly what you I said. I said, oh, that'll be easy to remember. That's my girlfriend's name. Yeah, and I went, oh, okay, like, good for you. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Like, I could have cared less that you were dating. Like, it wasn't like a, oh, man, I can't date you. Like, yeah. it wasn't, I don't know. Like, it just was like, Good for you. Like, why do I care? I was already in a bad mood. Then I met you, and I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I remember thinking, well, good for him. And then on Sunday, when I saw you again, I'm like, looking around, and it was just you and one other dude that was like, could even semi be like, oh, this could be somebody to date. And I'm like, yeah. uh. Uh-uh. Dad really did lie. I, this is confirmation. He lied to me because it's neither one of these people. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that yeah. it's now that I look at our life now. But it's yeah, so I, yeah, no. Yeah. When I met you, it definitely was not love at first sight. That's true. But now I am in love with you. So Amen. it worked out. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it worked out. Well, we're right around an hour. So <clears throat> we'll start to wrap it up. But. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, you're welcome. It's not the last time you'll be on here. I know. I feel like you asked me some questions and I'm like, man, that's a whole other. We could talk about that for an hour. Right. Yeah. So next time I will let you have the questions. Oh, we'll, we'll flip the script a little bit. You okay. Can, you can. Is it marriage edition? Parent edition? We'll, we'll figure it out. Whatever edition you want. This was kind of everything edition. It was. So if you want to hear something in depth, leave it below. Yeah. Com- leave some comments if you want to hear either of us or us together discuss a certain topic. Um, I'm going to go through here and try to find some good clips of you to clip in and put some shorts and reels out there too. Man, should be easy. (laughs) (laughs) You gave me some good stuff. 
Got a lot to work with. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys, all of you, for tuning in, watching, listening. However you consume the content, whether it's audio, video, or both, please, please share that on social media. I don't share like the link to the actual podcast much, but I'm definitely going to share this one next week just because it's you. I'm proud of you and I like you. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I don't know for sure the next, how the next couple of weeks are going to fall out. Uh, I haven't been able to get with brother James for uh, several weeks with him traveling and us traveling. Cause we're leaving in two days to go on another trip after we just went on a trip this past weekend, mm-hmm. kind of a last minute ish type thing. Um, but it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but he's been traveling. I've been traveling. Uh, I know I've been, we talk fairly, very regularly, multiple times a week. So I know uh, he's going to be on here. I told you guys about the first virtual guest um, being Andrew Columbia, the pastor in New York that I'm going to get on here. Did I ever tell you that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told you that. Uh, Brandon wants to get on here virtually. We we're going to wait until he would come out and visit for a week in person. Um, Which just, you need to do. Yes, you do need to do that, Brandon. But we got tired of waiting, so he's going to come on virtually. we got to uh, come up with a topic that he and I are going to talk about. Um, so we've got a lot of stuff in the works, but scheduling-wise, I'm not sure how it's going to fall. But either you need way. You to get my dad on here. I know. I've, I've told him that before, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. That one's probably going to be like an hour and a half. Yeah. He's got some stories and some wisdom. I need to have more views than my dad, okay? Yeah, we'll, we'll pump this one up. We'll boost it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but no, say, seriously, thank you guys so much for watching, listening, everything. Make sure you like this video. And I, I it's always, I don't like saying like and subscribe because it feels forced and it feels like that's what everybody says, but it legitimately helps the videos. Well, it helps to get out there. If you're, if you get something from a video and I try to remind myself of this too, because you, you do hear that a lot, like yeah. like and subscribe, uh-huh. but it's legit because that's how it gets out there and right. that's how more people see it. So if this has blessed you in any way, or yeah. you have a family member that you feel like this would bless, yes, be proud of it. Share yeah. it. This is not about us. Uh-huh. I'm confident enough to say that about you. Right. I'm proud of you. I share your stuff. So <laughs> you do. And yeah. I appreciate it. Be proud of a platform that you're listening to and, and getting something out of, share it boldly. And I used to be a follow and subscribe snob. <laughs> I yeah. did. I would like watch stuff all the time. Like I see people as I, if I scroll through the reels and I see the same person pop up all the time because I watch their stuff because I, I, and I started liking and following more because I asked people to do that. Why wouldn't I start doing it? Well, you know it? what's funny is I used to do that too. So I would always. I didn't want my, my feed cluttered with the same stuff all the time. So I never subscribed and followed people. But you know what's funny is when you watch the same people's videos or you laugh at the same, they they naturally just come back up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to it's gonna pop up anyway. And so I was like, man, like I just need to do yeah. this. And so then I started learning like I'm actually glad I did that because right. now I see that and it's more exactly. positive on right. my feed versus the yes. random crap that I don't even want to watch. And then so. it's brought in other creators yeah. or pastors or churches that I, That's similar. that I didn't know but are yeah. similar and because I follow this person it starts to bring more and more of the stuff that I like to hear, the stuff that I need to hear in. So, uh, so yes, liking, following, subscribing, all that kind of stuff makes a big, big, big difference. So... With that being said, episode 17 is in the books. I've got a week to edit this one. Usually it's like a two or three days. I've got a whole week to work on it. Wow. Um, but seriously, I really appreciate it. You are by far my biggest supporter and biggest fan. You literally share every single thing that I put on Facebook. You comment on it. You you literally do everything that I'm asking people to do. <laughs> and if your own wife can't do it, then why would anybody else? But seriously, you are you're my Biggest, I couldn't do any of this without you. Right back at you, boo. So I love you. I appreciate you. I love you too. And we love you guys. Thank you so much. Again, make sure you share this. I always, I always say that like a million times, but I'll end it. Share, like, 
comment. Be confident. I hope you felt like you sat down and had a conversation with us or could laugh along the way. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Ha, ha, ha.